Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we're very happy to welcome you to another edition of Second Half Now. This is, in fact, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. And in this show, we discuss all kinds of things that have to do with those of us who are in the 50-plus generation. We've got a special treat, a special program for you today. We're going to be telling about it in just a moment. And I'm really pleased that we have this guest, and we're going to unveil his identity and more about him pretty soon. So I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And Denise, good to see you again. It's great to see you, Dan. You know, I was counting up our shows recently, and I think this is, uh, see, I lost count already, but I think it's all, <laughs> we're almost to 60. Is that right? Yeah, it seems like we've shown up in this studio 60 times. You know, we've been wondering about that, yeah. but that does seem a little higher than right. I expected. Right, but you know what? I Every show and every guest has been so wonderful. I just can't get enough of it. So, And so, Denise, uh, do you have a good word for us for today? I sure do. Right. I sure do. Our word for today is leadership, Dan. Leadership, okay. Mm-hmm. And Tell it's a wonderful word because it, it, it is um, one that our guest is going to be, uh, he's going to be, here and reflecting the impact of doing business in the world and following leadership models of the world and following the leadership models of our own will and what we think yeah, we ought to do. Right. And then he is going to be demonstrating what happens in a person's life when the Lord is their leader. And we have a word from Scripture as well today, and that's from Deuteronomy 5. 32 through 33, it says, So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. Walk in all the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and prosper and prolong your days in the land that the Lord, that you will possess. And our, our guest today is going to exemplify why this is important for all of us who believe in God. And the word is leadership, because actually, you That's know, right. we, we all follow something, uh, even if it's our own inclinations and our own selfish pleasures or somebody else, a leader. And uh, you're right, this, uh, the guest that we have today um, is a leader and has been a leader, uh, perhaps a leader for not so good and a leader for good now that God has gotten a hold of him. And the title of today's show is A Story of Hope When God Gets a Hold of a Man. And I want to kind of set the stage with a couple of scripture verses from the New Testament. Thank you for those uh, verses, Denise, from, um, where was that? Uh, that was from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, yeah. So, um, you know, we at this point, when we pass uh, 50, some of us are limping past the 50-yard line, and some of us are still blasting away. And, you know, but when we take an assessment of our lives, we wonder if God can use us. And maybe some of our mm. listeners are wondering that, too. You know, maybe they're 55 or 65 or 75, and they're saying, well, am I kind of finished? And, you know, I'm not sure what I amounted to, but I'm wondering if God could use me. Because that's our message. We want God to raise up people of all ages and stages and uh, to really become uh, tools in his hands to do some amazing things. And uh, at this stage, you know, we have our wins and our losses. We've got our bumps and bruises, our ups and downs. 
we've made some good choices and we've made some choices maybe that were not so good. And so a lot of those things go into our consideration and we say, well, can God really use me? And I want to uh, share a couple of passages. One is, uh, they're both from uh, 2 Corinthians. Uh, this one says, Jesus says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And so, folks, if you feel weak, if you feel like you don't have power, if you feel that you're not sufficient, if you feel like maybe you don't have a lot that, that God could use, you know, Jesus shakes his head and he says, no, that's not right. My grace is sufficient. And to put it another way, Jesus says to you, listener, my grace is all you need. Right. You trust me, mm-hmm. I'll make it happen. You make yourself available and I'll do some good things through your life. And then the other passage I want to share is also from Second Corinthians. And this one is such a, a, a great hallmark verse for our guest for today. And it says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And it's so good that old things passed away because in our earlier years, um, you know, we might have uh, done things that maybe we're not so proud of. But, you know, Jesus says it's all over. I forgive that. I put it as far as the east is from the west. And you are a new person. So that's what we want to hear about today. I'm so anxious to introduce our guest today. Again, the title of the show is A Story of Hope When God Gets a Hold of a Man. And uh, those who are regular listeners know that we have five core topics. And uh, rather than listing them today, I'm just going to say that the topic for today fits under the category of heart and soul. Again, a story of hope when God gets a hold of a man. Our special guest in studio today is Bruce Feathers. And Bruce, when I first saw your name or heard your name and introduced yourself uh, a few weeks ago at a chamber meeting, I said, it sounded like he said feathers. He That can't be. I've never heard anybody by that name, and you don't look like you know, a light-touch feather guy. But uh, anyway, we have Bruce Feathers, the new chaplain at the Beaverton YMCA. Bruce, thank you very much for coming, and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And you even found the place. I found the place. <laughs> I, I was on a, sh- a short journey, but I made it. <laughs> And you had to uh, disagree with your GPS a, a time or two, right? Yeah, she yeah. said right, and I went left, and <laughs> I made it. That's right. Well, we're happy to have you here. So um, we want to uh, kind of dig into your life, Bruce, because you have an amazing testimony. And I th- thank you that when you, when you and I talked over at your office at Beaverton Hoop YMCA uh, last week, uh, I was amazed at uh, at what has happened in your life, and you kept reminding me it's not about you, it's about God's grace and what he has done. And, and I think that's why these verses came to me. My grace is sufficient for you. And when when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And that I mean, I'm looking at a new creation right now, and I, I wanna, we want to dig into that story and find out how God found you and what you had been through and how that that new creation happened and then what you're doing now. That's kind of the overview. But let's start um, in your childhood. I know you've got some amazing things, some things that, that uh, were tough in your life. So let, let's start there. Absolutely. And sometimes we see God's grace in retrospect when we may not even be believers and we look back and have 2020 vision yeah, and right. see the activity of God. And uh, I didn't know this while this was going on, but I grew up in the inner cities of Oakland, California. Uh, my father was uh, alcoholic. My mother was uh, unemployed and uneducated. 
and um, I was destined to have a similar childhood as many like me that grew up in such a very tough and rugged environment. I was the youngest uh, in my family, and some of the earliest memories that began to traumatize me early on was the fighting and the arguing mm-hmm. that my mother and father would have. Right. And as a young boy, uh, uh, I, I just always expected my father to kill my mother. Mm-hmm. And I only learned later on that living that experience throughout my childhood caused me to be traumatized. Right. I was a bedwetter uh, uh, all throughout junior high school and and, and only in retrospect did I realize that that was something that affected me early on. But I grew up in Oakland. My mother was a, a Catholic, and she used to take us to the Catholic Church. But as soon as I got old enough to spell Catholic, I stopped going. And so nothing ever took root, or I was just going for ritualistic sake. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, 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 again, my childhood was filled with, with crime and, and lawlessness. And I remember when I was about seven years old, and, and, and um, this came back to me when I was in my early 40s. I had blocked it out. But I recall that I was sexually abused around seven years old. And, and, and um, this experience confused me and, and did the kind of things that it would do uh, to young people at that age. But I easily put it aside as a young child, and and only, as I said, when I became in my early 40s, that a tape played in my mind. We were in a drug and alcohol program meeting, and we're talking about bondages. And all of a sudden, I believe the Spirit of God brought back to me that experience. <laughs> Nevertheless, that was part of my childhood experiences, and... I kind of liked school, but I never had any incentive to do anything good in school. My father was not educated, neither was my mother, so I was kind of on my own. And so throughout my childhood, there's many activities that took place, but all of a sudden, I, I was a baseball player, and I got pretty good playing baseball, and so I had a shot of self-esteem. And at that point, I was liking school, and and I was going to school, but I had potential to do better, but I just wouldn't do better. So now I find myself in high school. And in high school, I was living in the area where my best friend that lived next door had a brother-in-law who was the largest crank dealer in Oakland. They call that methamphetamines today. And at an early age, in the 10th grade, I recall being hooked on methamphetamines or crank. I yeah. probably was How the, old were you then? I was probably um sophomore high school. What's that? Uh sixteen. Uh, sixteen years yeah. old. So this came into your life pretty early and you've already had an intense childhood. Absolutely. And and difficulty. Do you do you at all remember, you know, mornings? Did you wake up uh and say, Oh man, I'm still in this tough situation or do you wake up kind of hopeful or was it depressing or how, you, do you remember that, the mornings of your childhood? The mornings were, we made them normal. Uh, Trauma was normal. Uh, It wasn't anything significantly that stood out in my mind, but, of course, I was medicating a lot of pain Mm -hmm. and and dealing with those those issues. 
but I don't remember anything significant about thinking about change, wanting to change, or expecting to change. Mm-hmm. That was normal. It, so, it, it yeah, was, you just adjusted mm-hmm. to that. Life. You didn't know any different, I suppose. I yeah. didn't know any different. Pretty and intense, though, wasn't it? It was pretty intense yeah. when you're 16 years old and you have what they call a needle kit and you would inject yourself with this drug, mm-hmm. and I was hooked on that for over a year. And the only thing that changed is when the dealer got uh, busted by the Oakland police and the source dried up. And I remember coming home from school one day and, and running into the little guy who I was hooked on the drug with, and he ran to me crying, jumping up and down, saying, we can stop, we can stop now. Wow. And that's because the dealer went to jail. Oh, wow. Wow. But that there's an addiction, incredible. though. I mean, uh, how did you uh, get through the addiction? Did you switch to a different dealer, or did you go through uh, a rehab or withdrawal? Or I, I was with a friend who wasn't involved in drugs. He knew I had potential. We were pretty close. And he, through his encouragement um, and insistence, uh, I just sort of kicked it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now... Mind you, this is the late 60s, early 70s. There was plenty of other drugs to experience, and I certainly did. Yeah. But being away from that one was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's a terrible, this too. terrible I, I know drug. It, it's just a terrible drug. Yeah, and you, I know you have experience with uh, helping people with those uh, addictions and those well, addictive you know, personalities. Well, and, actually, as a matter of fact, when it comes to working through some of those things, it's not actually where I specialize, but what I do know is is that our society puts them all on the same level, and that's that's done some damage. When we're talking these days about what the impacts of marijuana are versus the impacts of methamphetamine, Absolutely. it's an incredible difference, mm-hmm. and we should be talking about mm-hmm. that. Well, we have to have a healthy respect for that uh, dynamic in our culture. And, uh, Bruce, maybe if we go back there just for a, a little bit, um, because that stuff that you were getting wasn't free. So what did you do to get whatever you needed to trade in for the for the meth that you were getting at that time? Ironically enough, it, it was free, oh, and it was. only because my best friend, it was my best friend's brother-in-law, and he was the dealer, and so we would hang out over his house, and we were just the little kids, and because he were he's, he was related to him, then it just so happened to be free. Okay. But you're going down the right path because mm-hmm. if it wasn't free, we'd be talking about a lot of other things that mm-hmm. I was doing exactly. to get it. And, and that's who where knows, I was going with yeah. that. And yeah. who knows uh, that the brother-in-law wasn't just doing a little grooming here, getting some dealers ready to go mm-hmm. when the time was right. Absolutely. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So that wasn't a life of crime yet at that at that point. I mean, so you were... You were yeah, but you kicked it. Let's. I don't want to go back too far. But so you kicked it, and then, and then where'd you go from well, there? Well, then, then, then I began to sort of merge back in the regular high school, and and I, um, I was a drum major, and and I got into mm. drama, mm-hmm. and about that time, uh, the Rockefeller Grant was going out to inner city high schools looking for students who were not necessarily A or B students, but C students with potential. They wanted to diversify their college campuses, small colleges across the nation. So I ended up um, getting a scholarship to go, ironically enough, to a small town in Northfield, Minnesota, to a school called Carleton College. Mm -hmm. And uh, I couldn't even spell Carleton. 
And I won't spend too many, uh, too, much, too many minutes on that in and of itself, but it changed me. It was the first time, that is, it gave me a perspective of life that I never knew. All I knew is inner city Oakland uh, and, and, and things of that nature. And when I got to Carleton, it just gave me a new perspective that life could be different if I could get there. And we want to hear about that change and how that came about right after the break. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Life changes have happened and it's time to sell your house. That can be a difficult process when you've lived there for decades, especially under tragic circumstances like losing a spouse. 24-7 Properties takes the time to go over the details of your unique situation and understand your needs. We do what we can to maximize the value of your home. Learn online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 247 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, 503-780-3030. And we're back, and we want to give a big thank you to our sponsors and our partners. And uh, we've read these uh, several different ways. Uh, Denise, why don't you just read the list for us this time? I sure will. We are exceedingly thankful to all of our uh, sponsors and partners, including Dan the Mortgage Man, First Priority Fan- Financial, Dave Rutan with Waddell and Reed Financial Advisors, Dream Trips, Portland City Acupuncture, The Next Phase Coaching, and Beaverton Family Chiropractic, and that's with Dr. Dan Miller, who heads up a program called Maximized Living. Yeah, and that's a part of a global uh, network. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, we love these people. We highly recommend them. They're tried and trusted. We're in studio now with uh, Bruce Feathers, the new chaplain at the Beaverton 
uh, YMCA. I don't know whether to call it uh, Beaverton Hoop YMCA or any and all of that. <laughs> That'll work. I'll end. Yeah. Okay. And the title for today's show is A Story of Hope When God Gets a Hold of a Man. Right. And, you know, I would just could not help but have that word pop into my head uh, when you said that when you went to Carleton College, you gained a new perspective. Will you will you tell us more about that new perspective? Because, boy, I'm really thinking about that old perspective you yeah. were living in that did not have any hope. Things were not looking good. No. Yeah. And, and the new perspective was related to the environment, the people, the love. I grew up in an environment in the era of the Black Panther Party. Racism, prejudice, mm-hmm. and discrimination existed. And now I'm in an environment where it's all white. And people loved me and I loved them. Mm. And friendships were created. And I realized that where I live was sort of darkness and limited perspective for me. And here is a different opportunity. So I had sort of a moral compass change. But here's the ironic thing about that. You can change morally, but being changed spiritually is a totally different thing. Because although I was in that environment and I was having a different outlook. Here I am. I brought Oakland to Northfield, Minnesota, and I had a check forging operation at the college bookstore. That led to the FBI being brought to campus and the president and everybody getting involved. And so I was kicked out of college right after mm-hmm. my freshman year. And only until um, uh, my student advisor, and his name was Paul Wellstone, an ex-senator at that time. Wow. He... Um, was my advisor, and he didn't appreciate not being consulted about this experience. So I ended up getting back into school. No kidding. Playing on the college basketball team, graduating, and then I had a new lease on life. But addiction followed me. I got transferred. I worked for General Motors and got transferred to Portland, Oregon in 1979. By this time, I was doing drugs throughout my life, Mm -hmm. whatever the drug of choice was during those eras. I did it, marijuana, acid. This is the era of cocaine. Mm-hmm. So, and then I was an I was a full fledged alcoholic at time at that time, but I was functioning, going to work. So I remember uh, arriving in Portland, worked for General Motors, uh, and then I ended up working for um, Channel Eight Television. And then it's 1985 now. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I was uh, in bondage to drugs and alcohol. I didn't like my life. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was depressed. I was defeated, and I ran into a girl who invited me to go to church. i never forget these words. She said, why don't you try Jesus? You tried everything else. (laughs) And I said to her, Jesus can't take this pipe out of my mouth. Mm. But the story goes, after resisting for a month or so, I went to this church on Skidmore in Mississippi, the Christ Memorial Church. i never mm. forget it. And there was this pastor preaching to people who was in bondage to drugs and alcohol, telling them to come in, that you can be accepted at this particular church. And the church wasn't too favorable on people like me at that time. And I remember sitting in the back of the church and hearing the word of God and just crawling to the front, tears running down my eyes, a sense of warmth, 
and I gave my heart to yeah. Jesus in 1985. Wow, what a story. That is fantastic. And you told me, Bruce, that shortly after that time, God had a message for you. And we're going to hear that message on part two. Uh, because we are out of time uh, for the on-air portion, but uh, you got to get back over online, secondhalfnow.com. Go to the radio archive tab and uh, check it out, Bruce Feathers, and uh, he'll finish the story. What God told him after that conversion and then what he's been doing since. It's a great story. We have some other great things coming up. Uh, we have a, a former TV sports reporter who's going to talk about the unique spiritual challenges and opportunities for men. Uh, we have an author of an uh, international uh, uh, selling book called, um, what is the, uh, the Gift of Caring, I think. Anyway, How to Care for an Aging Loved One. And we have a pastor from Kenya who has planted 60 churches in five countries. He's going to be here in a couple of weeks. So all of this and a whole lot more at Second Half Now. So you want to tune in on a regular basis, 530 to 6 on uh, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. And uh, we've got some good shows coming up. Uh, any other uh, bridge words? Anything, uh, Denise, to take us over to the other side? Leadership. Well, that's that's yeah. the word, Dan. It's leadership, and I am. I'm really uh, looking forward to hearing how the Lord worked in Bruce's life to lead him from that from the back of the church to the front of the church, and then to yeah. to head up programs with the YMCA. Yeah, and you know, I want to hear about that, Bruce, on this on the on part two because you're in a very unique position. I saw on your flyer, and you told me in your office there are 200 teams in the three to nine year old uh, basketball group. Three to eighteen. Three to eighteen. Okay, mm-hmm. that's for everybody. Uh-huh. Okay, and mm-hmm. that's like three thousand families. Yes, I think I saw that on some of your information. And so, what can you do as a changed man to impact the lives? To I know you were telling me just now that you, every couple of nights a week uh, you just go there and hang out. And you're the cha- do you wear a chaplain badge on you? Yes, I do. <laughs> do you? Okay. All right. Very good. Well, folks, that is it for today. We're going to have to wind it down, but we certainly want you to go to the website, secondhalfnow.com. Go to the radio archive tab, and uh, there's uh, all kinds of shows. And um, Bruce Feathers with uh, YMCA, Beaverton YMCA, is going to be right there. So um, you'll be able to hear everything online if you need a, uh, a free copy of this uh, a CD on this show. Then uh, you can call the station at 503-242-1950. We'd be happy to, uh, to get a free CD of this show out there. And uh, this is a story of hope when God gets a hold of a man. So I want to thank you for listening today. I hope that this is sort of getting your attention and uh, letting you see that leadership really, you know, we follow things, we follow mm-hmm. people, we follow ideas, but such a transformation happens when we start following God and, exactly. and, you know, and we understand His way for us. So thank you for listening today. This is Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Yeah, that's us, the 50-plus crowd. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And let's continue this conversation with Bruce Feathers, chaplain at Beaverton YMCA on part two on our website, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. 
Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we're here on part two of the show that is uh, called A Story of Hope. When God Gets a Hold of a Man. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. We are in studio with Bruce, I get my tongue tied up here, with Bruce Feathers, uh, new chaplain at Beaverton YMCA. Great story going underway, and uh, we were in the church, Bruce, when uh, when we cut to uh, the on-air part on part one. We're in the church, and you had an amazing transformation right there. Tell us uh, briefly remind us about that, and then I'm going to ask you what God told you after that event where he got a hold of you. After I reluctantly went to church on a visit, um, I was sitting in the back minding my own business, and uh, that's applicable to my life at that time because I was minding my own business, never thinking about God or anything supernatural. And then I heard the gospel. I heard the word of God preached and the stirring of my heart, the warm sensation. I remember sitting in that pew uttering the words, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Wow. And I didn't know who I was talking to at that time, but I knew that I was sorry. I had come to realize in that moment that I was falling short of a God that I had never met. Mm. So tears began to flow down my face, and I did everything I can to disguise it because I'm a macho man, and I didn't want anybody to see me cry. Right. But then it got out of hand, Mm. and all I could do was run to the altar and lift up my hands and ask the Lord to come into my life. And so here I am, 33 years old. I had never heard of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. I had never read a Bible in my life. I had never been to church beyond the Catholic doors that my mother and I made us go through. And so I'm a new creature. I don't know what that means. I don't know much about it. But I began meeting with the pastor and and going to little Bible studies to find out who I am now. Yeah. And 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 I remember one day uh, early in this experience I was at home and I remember a voice say said to me go tell somebody. And I thought tell somebody what <laughs> about my experiences uh, about the time that I didn't share on the, on the last last time we talked about the time that I plotted to kill my father what mm. what what tell these intimate details and then I thought go tell somebody about what I did in your life mm-hmm. yeah. how you became transformed to who you are today 
And I had taken the Dale Carnegie course, and I was a sales guy, and so I wasn't afraid to speak in front of groups. And so I began to think about, well, and I started to ask people, is there some businessmen? I was working for KGW Television at that time. I'm sorry, Avia at that time, Division of Reba. And so I, 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 I was out in Beaverton, ironically mm-hmm. enough. Okay. And, and, right. and so... Um, I began to seek out places to share my testimony and, and, and what God had done for me, who I was. It was very tough because the things that I was saying were very transparent. Uh, in the natural, who wants to dra- uh, brag about being sexually abused? Mm-hmm. In the natural, who wants to dra- uh, brag about being mm-hmm. in bondage to drugs and alcohol? Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants to embellish those stories and experiences in your life? You don't in the natural, right. but in the supernatural, you know that it's all good. And so I began making appointments and joining groups and speaking at luncheons and telling people uh, what I was and who I was and who I am today. And that just brought me to a huge audience of Christians. I I thought the only Christians were the ones in the in the African American inner inner city, <laughs> and and here I now have been exposed to all these people who love Jesus and who are affected by what He done for me, and I started the whole uh, experience of going everywhere I can to tell somebody what He did. And you told a lot of somebody's. I told yeah. a, I told a lot of somebody. Did you feel that uh, that compelling inside that you just wanted to mm. get the word out? You wanted to, and, and I appreciate. Uh, I'll kind of combine the questions here that you told me uh, through all this stuff. It's you, what you wanted to talk about was not about you, but is what God has done in your life. Absolutely. Compelling as Jeremiah must have felt when he wanted to sit down and not share the gospel or the word of God anymore, Mm -hmm. like fire shut up in his bones. And I was compelled from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Mm -hmm. I wanted everybody that I ran into to know what Jesus had done for me. Not that I used to be this or I used to be that. That's simply the content of the experience so people can know what transformation looks like. Yeah, And that's what I want our listeners to hear is that um, sometimes we get a little beat up in life. We, uh, you know, kind of fall behind. We get dragging, you know, we kind of drag in life. We don't have that upbeat, you know, positive, enthusiastic spirit. And maybe it's because things are dogging us. Things are weighing us down. But what you're telling us and our listeners today, Bruce, is that uh, no one can get so far down and so far away that God cannot reach them and cannot cannot lift them up because he says, my grace is sufficient for you. That's why it's such a great message, because you were far away. You had no idea about God, weren't looking for him, weren't searching him, weren't wondering about him or anything until, until that time in the church. And so all these years through all your tough times, you were just wandering trying to make the best of things, and maybe that's explains some of our listeners, just kind of doing the best they can. And I, and I could tell the listeners and, and everyone who would hear that the circumstances in our natural lives has to obey the mandates of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And even though we might be going through struggles or having hard times and hardships or having failures, 
sometime, as I learned later on, God has a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so sometime we, we, we interpret uh, certain experiences as woe is me and my life could never be better and why am I going down that track? Sometime God is trying to get our attention and he has a plan for our lives. And I've learned today that these individual experiences and these years that I had was all in somehow in preparation and used to make me who I am today. Right. And who you can talk to, because when you see a kid who is where you were and uh, you say, I know what you're going through, Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to be there because I was there. Absolutely. You know, I've been listening, and there was a scripture put in front of me this morning, and I've been listening and wondering whether it was appropriate, and it just keeps being appropriate. So here we go. It's from John 7.17. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. He who speaks on his own does so to gain honor for himself, but he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Mm. So you, you know, left to your own devices, you would not have gone around speaking all about your story. It would have, it's something that is to put behind us and move as far away from that as possible. But not only did God compel you to speak that, but those listening, that little boy out there who has had a similar walk, they know it's the truth when they hear you speak. Yes, and I'm grateful to that. And um, matter of fact, that's what got me to my next phase in life. You know, I have uh, three boys and, and a grown daughter, but my three boys were here in Oregon and and uh, after my corporate career, which I messed up by being in drugs and alcohol and, and, and stunted my, my, my elevation, um, all of a sudden, by speaking everywhere and just sharing what God had done for me, brought me into audiences of people who happened to be believers who were interested in investing in somebody to run a business. And and so I took what I learned <laughs> at Avia in footwear and ended up starting my small business, uh, which I started in 1996 and just ended in, uh, uh, in, in 2013. And so God guided me throughout all of that into a entrepreneurialism, which further gave me a podium to speak about my transformation right. to another audience. Look at that. And so this this has been, I, I repeat, the subtitle of this conversation that we're having is that God always has a plan. Mm. And yeah. I don't care if you're a beyonder and uh, whatever, God has a plan for our lives. And he uses the sum total of our experiences to initiate that plan. So we should never Absolutely. give up. Absolutely. We should never quit. We should never stop or pause. We should just say, Lord, speak to us. Mm-hmm. I'm in a new phase. I'm in a new new chapter in my life. And I know that everything that I've been through, all my experiences are for such a time as this. And so I need to hear from you, your guidance and your direction. And you said it a little bit earlier, Bruce, and that is that everything that we have gone through up to this moment today has been in preparation for what God has in store for us from here on. Yes. 
And I think that's so powerful and so important because, again, we feel, you know, we've been through it all, we've done it all, or, you know, we're winding down or we're you're beat up or, you know, whatever our situation is. And, you know, I think that the biblically correct to say that if you are alive right now, God still has a use for you. Absolutely. And so I'm fascinated by your testimony and by when you actually heard God say, go tell someone. And so I'm thinking that uh, there might be some listeners who are who are tuning in right now, either on air or online. And uh, maybe that same message can go to them saying, whatever it is uh, that God has done in your life, Find someone who you can tell that to, because your story may not be quite as dramatic as Bruce's. Maybe you don't have quite the, the deep depths that uh, that you were in, but God has uh, shown himself faithful and strong in your life, because here you are today at whatever age you are and whatever else has happened in your life. And uh, maybe there's someone that, that needs to hear God's grace in your life to personalize it for you, because you know, somebody can uh, can argue with the Bible, they can disagree with anything in the Christian faith, but they cannot dispute your testimony. If if God has touched your life in an amazing way and caused you to be a new creation, no one can argue with that. No one. That is true mm-hmm. and true and true, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, as you're speaking, Dan, I'm thinking, uh, uh, as you know, I love music where we... Uh, are always looking at the new songs that God puts out into the world. And one of them out right now speaks to exactly that. And what it, what it is is an, just a non-believer out there in the world who knows that this person that comes in and orders coffee from her knows he's a believer. And so from that non-believer's stance, the song goes, tell me something that will save my life. Mm. Mm. Wow. Right? You have something to tell people that will save their lives. And somebody told you Mm. something that saved your life. That's right. And, you know, um, there's people out there in the audience that has something. Because I like what you said, Dan. We all, one thing you can't take away from any of us, and that's our experience. Our experience is ours, and we own it. And Mm -hmm. anyone that's a baby boomer or beyond has experiences right. and we all have our circles of influence. And sometimes it's just time to talk to and share with people who you have and the circle that you're in and recant your life. Remember where God brought you from. Mm. Remember it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. It could be uh, anything on your journey. Because God had a plan for all of us. And we all are still journeying. And I suspect that if people began to do that and just share, God would begin to open up and give revelation to each and every one of you and help us plan and think about our next step and where we want to go from here. I think it's true that every, and because this is by God's design, every human being has a void, has an emptiness has a gap inside of them that's God-shaped, and so only God can fill it. And so we as humans continue to try to stuff other things in there to fill that void and to, to make life okay. And it never is okay until we become a new creature in Christ. And that's what I really appreciate about what you're saying, Bruce, because whether you are a boomer or a beyonder, and here you are at this age and stage, you look at yourself in the mirror And you might say, well, I'm done, or what can God do with me? You know, I've messed up, or I've missed the path, or whatever. 
And I think Bruce is uh, telling us, no, it's never too late. And in fact, when you say, Bruce, to recount your life uh, to our listeners, uh, and, and I'm reflecting on what you were saying when God was kind of bringing things into your life before you even know who it was or why these things, when you look back, you say, oh, that was God. Yes. And so maybe our listeners can do that, too, and look back at some things and some relationships and experiences and some successes and some failures and say, that was God. And here I am today. Yes. And I'm a new creature in Christ. And now I can I can serve him in some pretty exciting ways it, it, that are just tailor-made just for me. Absolutely. That's what this show is all about. This Absolutely. is what we try to do week after week. Mm. And we're going to hear more about that. And Denise has a great comment. She took a breath, and I'm going to say, hang on. We'll be right back after the break. (laughs) Don't go away. Don't go away. Do you have an elderly parent that is becoming isolated, not eating well, feeling depressed or fearful of losing independence? Do you know your options? Need peace of mind or know what is best for yourself or others during their golden years of life? At no cost to you or your family, Golden Placement Services can give you hope in the midst of great change. Even if it means staying at home is the right option. Call the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you, and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. Property values are on the rise, higher than they've been in years. It's time to take the equity in your home and do something different. 24-7 Properties will provide you with custom personal care to get the maximum value out of your home. Jeff Edmondson of 24-7 Properties is a licensed general contractor as well as a real estate agent, giving you the expertise on how to effectively get your home ready to sell at the highest price. Visit Jeff online at 247prop.com. I'm Jeff Edmondson, founder of 24-7 Properties. Call me today and let's have a conversation about selling your house. No obligation, no cost. Let's find out what's right for you. Call me, 503-780-3030, Every show we say thank you to our sponsors and partners, and we want to do so again. In addition to the uh, uh, ads that you just heard, we will also want to mention uh, Randy Stanford with Media Marketing, Northwest Web Creation Company, Legal Shield and ID Shield, Eastside Printing, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors. When I look at that list and I read that list, Denise, I'm saying 
there's some people that are really, uh, really supporting and encouraging us and want to be a part of what we're doing because we're on a mission. It's a fantastic feeling, really, to sit and hear you read the list. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It is. And this has come over time, but there's uh, some momentum and some attraction, and people are saying, hey, what are you guys doing over there? Mm-hmm. Can I be a part of that? Because it really is all about our listeners. That's why we're here. That's we true. don't. Uh, the show is not for the purpose of uh, supporting our, our businesses and our nonprofits. It is for the listeners, and the others are gathering around and helping us. And so before we went to the break, you uh, took a breath, and I rudely interrupted you, <laughs> and I forget what the subject is, I but I you, hope that you I can... I thought you interrupted me quite politely. <laughs> the issue was the fact that we can have things happen in our lives, in our business adventures, all kinds of catastrophes, or maybe we've just worked hard and we're tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we can get to a yeah. point where we think it's it's... We don't have that much left to give. We don't have anything left to give. And unfortunately, in along with that, one of our guests in the past reminded us that the world will absolutely help us make that decision. It will have with the notions of retirement, early retirement, severance packages, all kinds of ways mm. in which the world tells us, yeah, really, it's time for you to wrap it up. Yeah. And what slow down, take a rest. Slow down, take it yeah. easy, enjoy the fruits of your efforts. And what I'm hearing Bruce say, which we just love here with second half now, is absolutely not every step of the way God is preparing you to do more of what he has in mind for you to do. So what I'm excited about is that's where we're going next, is we're going to hear about Bruce's next steps. Mm, right. So pick it up, will you? And I'm 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 all excited because I don't know all the ins and outs of this story. Well, I tell you, um, I was in business, an entrepreneur. It's now my sixteenth or fifteenth year, and it was a rough haul. But I was able to raise three kids, and I remember praying in two thousand and nine. Well, let me start with this. In 2007, I had a lucrative contract opportunity with the city of Portland for the parking division. And a long story ended up uh, one of the officials at the city of Portland parking uh, uh, did some unfair things in that regard, ended up going to prison, but they canceled the contract. That left me severely in debt. And as an entrepreneur, debt is something that people jump off buildings for. Mm. Uh, And if I didn't have God and didn't depend on God, that could have easily been my fate. But I knew it was time that business had finally caught up with me. So in 2009, I began praying regularly and consistently, God, deliver me from business. I asked him if he would provide the opportunity for me to use the gifts that he's given me. One gift is my transforming testimony about what he did for me. The other was the gift of teaching and being able to work with new believers or unbelievers and make the gospel simple because it's a simple gospel. Right, it is. And so I, 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 I began praying, and it wasn't until 2013 that God answered my prayer. I just wish he would have sent me an email or something and answered it in a different way. You know, isn't he like that? He's like that. And so that ended up where I lost $2 million customers, McDonald's and Boeing. 
had to shut down the company that led to uh, um, bankruptcy, home foreclosures, mm. and and all of these things. And um, I was I was I was in trouble, and and um, I spent the next two years in a very dark tunnel. God knows how to give you some miracles along the way because mm-hmm. one of the houses that had foreclosed on here in Portland came out of foreclosure. Mm. I'm living in it today. Oh, wow. And so um, notwithstanding, I had to take Social Security early, but that two years of waiting for God to show me the answer mm-hmm. to his prayer created a life of humility for me. And I remember a scripture in Philippians uh, 3 and 10. And it says, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Mm. That's the power Mm. of the glory of God. Mm. We love that. Praise and honor and glory. But the other part we run away from sometimes. That's right. And in the fellowship of his suffering. Mm -hmm. And I got to know God in that two-year period when I didn't have nothing, could barely shop at the grocery store, had trouble at home because my wife lost security. Women mm-hmm. want security, and I didn't couldn't deliver it during right. that time. And all I had to, all I could do was just hold on to God's unchanging hand. I'm not going to say it was easy, but I, I didn't walk by sight, and I walked by faith. And so I wasn't ready to retire. I was ready to God show me what would be my next venture, and if it would be something that would use my gifts. And that's how I got to the YMCA. I just began uh, putting the word out that I was interested in going into some sort of ministry and nonprofit to some people, and uh, all of a sudden, I ended up talking to Bob Hall, the current president of the uh, of the YMCA, and we start talking about ministry and repatriating the C, which stands for Christian in the YMCA rubric, and here I am. And what isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? That is the good news, the gospel playing out in your life, Mm. right? It played out in your life, and God said, now go and tell someone. And because you started telling people the good news of what God did in your life now, we're at a place where we are repatriating the Christian in the YMCA, that is the power of God. That is just amazing because those of us who have worked with the YMCA over Mm -hmm. the years know full well what an amazing work of God that is. Absolutely. And you get to be a part of that. I get to be a part of it. And uh, to bring this together then, the story is that through all of the stuff that you have been through, Bruce, that God has been shaping you for this day, for this moment, for now your role as chaplain for these available to these 3,000 families, and that's just in the basketball Arena, teams, yes. you know, mm-hmm. there are others too. But uh, So let me ask you, in the time we have left, how do you see your role uh, at the Y? What would you like to do? What would you like to offer? How, how can you bring that Christian presence through the chaplain's badge to the people that come in and out of that building? I was over there last week, and it's a huge... What is it? Six full court uh, basketball courts there. Yes, and, it incredible. With dividers and everything. <laughs> yes, and, yes, and a staff and a switchboard and and a, and people coming and going and and how God just kind of brings you, drops you right in the middle of that. What do you see yourself doing there? There's a dual focus, and I'm glad you asked the question. One, I've learned, and I'm old enough to be an expert at it, and that is 
to let my light shine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that light is a light of transformation. It doesn't have to do with Bruce Feathers. It has to do with the transforming power of God Amen. in one's life. And so as I share with the youth and the parents and the staff and whomever what God has done for me, then just by me existing in that place brings hope to people's life. And then secondly, I believe that if we can usher in the Spirit of God in any facility, and how do we do that? We honor him. And how do we do that? We discuss his name. We study his name. We pray in that facility. So I want to facilitate morning prayer groups. I want to facilitate women to come over and have their noon Bible studies, men to have small groups. I want that building to be overflowing with people who are followers of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And when that occurs, just like Solomon dedicated the temple, uh, uh, and, and, and when we dedicate something to God, good things happen to everybody that's around mm-hmm. and near. Mm-hmm. And so I believe just by, again, sharing my story, continuing to tell somebody, and I believe by ushering in and creating these opportunities for groups and people to come in, the YMCA will be much more effective in its delivering of the services and the programs that it has, as well as inculcating the name of Jesus Christ and having the transformation power in people's lives. Wow. What a story. I love that vision. I really do, because, you mm-hmm. know, the YMCA is uh, known by everybody. And so exactly. even with, with that imprint of the Y logo, whatever it is that you do, like flyers that you hand out or mm-hmm. invitations you make or places that you speak or whatever, the, the, you carry the brand name of the Y, and then you speak of the C, the Christ or Christian in YMCA. I love that vision. And I can, I can picture that, Bruce, where people are coming and going during the day. Now, they're full of basketball in the evenings probably in the weekends, right? Right, right. But uh, there weren't many people doing much of anything when I was there in the daytime. And that's that, right. That's available uh, space, available time. Absolutely. And, and I want to say one thing before we sign off. I would be remiss if I didn't make this point. Here we are in an environment in Portland, Oregon, where church attendance is the less as it is around the nation. Is mm-hmm. that correct? That's right. right. And so, uh, however, it is Portland, Oregon. And it is the current president of the YMCA, uh, Mr. Bob Hall, where the vision to repatriate the sea is not just for the Portland area, but it is a nationwide effort. And he has constituted a full-fledged organization, uh, national council, and we're having our first meeting in Orlando next month. And so he's been able to commandeer, I believe, 50-plus YMCAs across the nation to do the same thing as we're doing. Wow. That and, is and, some leadership. It, it didn't, mm-hmm. You talk about leadership. It didn't come from the Southern Belt where, 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 where right. biblical principles are strong, but it came right. from Portland, Oregon. And that just tells you that God, it goes back, can use anyone. He has a plan, baby boomer, boomers and beyonders. And I just believe that we should all take heed to what he can do in our lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In fact, Larry Whittlesey, who is leading that national effort for the YMCA, putting the C back in YMCA, he's been here in that very chair that you're sitting in. 
And uh, he's here in Portland and is traveling the country uh, doing that very thing. And so God had prepared him mm. as a pastor and you know and his other roles and so forth. And now he's doing that work. And I want to, before I let you go, I want to uh, touch uh, base on one other thing. And that is, you're all dressed up today because you told me you came from a meeting, uh, which Larry Whittlesey is also involved in, the School Partnership Network. And so these are, in this one, in this case, the Beaverton School District, where principals and pastors talking together about how they can serve the families in their community. And that is an extraordinary thing. And to bring in the influence of the YMCA and to introduce you as chaplain, um, Bruce, we're going to have to have you come back in a few months and get caught up on the good things that are happening at the Beaverton Hoop YMCA with Bruce Feathers as the new chaplain. God bless you, brother. It's so good to have you here. I appreciate you it taking really the time. It really has been great. Thank you Thank very you much. So it's, much. It's been a joy being here, and I look forward to coming back again. Excellent. I'll take that as a promise. Yes. That is our show for today, folks. Uh, we want to encourage you to tune in to the radio portion every Monday, 530 to 6. We always have new stuff and new guests and new topics and great conversations like this. So um, if you want to get in touch with Bruce or want to find out more about him, go to our website, secondhalfnow.com and fill out the contact form and submit that and we'll get everything over to Bruce and uh, he'll get back in touch appropriately. So that is it for today. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan, and we are signing off, as Bruce said. We're saying goodbye for now. And until next time, we pray that God will help you live a life that honors him and blesses others. So let's meet again right here on the website or live next Monday, 530 and Saturday at 8 a.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.